0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Building Success, a real estate podcast. My name is Nick and I will once again be your guide as we talk to some of the best and brightest in the worlds of real estate tech, operations, and financials from across the globe. This podcast would not be possible without listeners such as yourselves. So if you like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, please consider liking and subscribing to the show wherever you may listen to it, as well as reviews. Reviews are very big in helping us to gain traction on all the different sites where we're listed, whether that be Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, you name it. Hopefully we're on it and we would love to hear a review from people such as yourselves. All of that definitely helps us know how we're doing and help get this podcast out to more listeners. So today I spoke with Daniel Ramsey. He is the founder of My Outdesk, and we spoke about his background in real estate, uh, but then also focused on time and how we as property managers and real estate professionals, we never seem to have enough of it. And whether it be through automation, technology, through his organization, which works with Real Estate Virtual Assistants how you can help grasp you know some of the challenges that you might have in your organization to save time, be more efficient. Um, really lively conversation of the state of the industry and where you know Daniel sees um, the real estate industry going and moving into the future. So hopefully you enjoy this episode and without further ado, here is Daniel Ramsey. So today I am joined by Daniel Ramsey. And Daniel Ramsey is the founder of My Out uh, Daniel, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. And despite all of the technological issues that we encountered before we started to record this podcast, I think we are officially ready to go, which is which is a good thing. Um, That's right. But uh, before we dive into like the topic and, and our conversation, uh, I just want the viewer or the listeners to get a, a sense about you, who you are, where you came from, and what ultimately brought you to uh, founding my OutDesk?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm that serial entrepreneur. I started um, when I was a kid selling candies out of the back of the school bus in middle school. And um, I, I can actually trace back the exact moment that I was like, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I, I, was, uh, I had one Snickers bar left. It was a Friday, it was a nice warm day. And a guy comes up and says, "I want to buy it." And I was like, "No, I'm going to eat this one." I had tons of money from that week. I'd sold a ton of candy bars. <laughs> um, and he 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 shoves a five dollar bill in my my face, and I'm like, "No, man, I'm not going to do it." So then he pulls a twenty dollar bill out, and this is we're talking about like in the '80s, you know. So this is a this is a while ago. And he shoves the twenty dollar bill and says, "Give me that Snickers," and I I just. I turned it over and it said, oh, my God, I am in love with, you know, business and sales. And and so you fast forward, you know, I went to school, got a finance degree and um, started my first business when I was 23. Um, and that was a real estate brokerage company. And, um, and yeah, I, we did property management. We did investments. Um, I kind of was uh, I was always enamored with the idea of uh, owning real estate. And, um, so that's, that's kind of how I got my start in business.
0: Okay. And definitely owning of real estate is, is top of mind in the last couple of episodes we've done here. And, uh, I know a lot of our listeners to own, operate, invest in real estate. Just, you know, I know, I know you worked as a broker previously. What are, what are some of the things you've seen in the last few years, um, as far as changes in, in the real estate space?
1: (laughs) Oh man, uh, it's crazy. Uh, first, I want to say why I, I first I want to talk about why I love real estate. It's the only industry where you can actually have insider information about what a home value is worth, who wants to sell, who wants to buy, and use that information to help you build wealth and not go to jail. you know if if, if you're in the stock market and you have insider information, it's it's really a kind of a challenge. You can get in a lot of trouble. But in real estate, You know, you are actually you are an operator. It's it's what you know best, and you can trade with insider information. So I always viewed it as a great way to grow wealth. I always thought that real estate, you know, it was one of those things that can't be taken away. Recession or or if we're in an economic expansion like we are now, um, you know, it's just it's one of those solid you know asset classes that just even dumb guys can get rich. And so I thought that's the spot for me, you know, Nick, <laughs> I, was, I was like, Hey, if, if a dumb guy can do it, I'm sure, I'm sure I can do it. You know, I've got yeah. moderate intelligence. So anyways, um, I, I, I love real estate. Um, I think it's, it's the, it's the space to be in. Um, What was what was your original question though? I got off on a tangent, man.
0: Well, I mean, the the real question is is kind of what's changed over the years uh, since you've been involved with real estate, and obviously, real estate's always been around. But it's it's interesting from my perspective to hear, you know, how this intersection of like technology and software and real estate and investment and investing have like all come together to create this this. Entirely different and unique avenue for people to not only make money, but for for people to kind of build, you know, massive companies and organizations.
1: Yeah, I'm, here's what I would say that has massively changed. I mean, when I was a real estate broker, I had all the power. Um, meaning, you know, I was a contractor, developer, mortgage guy. We managed our own properties, um, so I I kind of saw all aspects of the real estate market. Um, But what and and prior to, I would say, the, you know, 2010, um, the broker really controlled the majority of the business, meaning, you know, we had we had all the power. And I think in the early 2000s, you know, it started to switch to whoever had the consumer's ear or the consumer's eyeballs. Um, So, and I say that very specifically because I still believe real estate is a belly-to-belly sport. I still think you have to have conversations and have people's ears. Um, But what has shifted is that used to be the way you would start a transaction. Whether you're talking about a 50 million, you know, commercial spot or a single-family residence, you started with the ear and then you moved, um, you know, down the funnel. And now with the internet and technology and all these property you know tech kind of companies coming out the eyeball is is really where the transactions are starting and because the eyeball is controlling the um you know the transaction flow and and the consumer's mindset and all of that stuff um what that means is the power has shifted away from brokers who typically used to control all of the data and back into the, you know, pockets of either the agent, the individual who has the relationship or the company that has the eyeball.
0: And it's interesting too, that, that whole concept of, of the personal touch has started to kind of falter a bit because of the advancements in technology. So making things maybe operationally more efficient comes at the hands of, of losing, um, what many people, the, the ultimate consumer, whether that be a, a renter or buyer of real estate, um, not having that personal touch anymore.
1: Well, you know, I here's the thing. I, we serve a ton of technology companies in our business, in my out desk right now. And, you know, the reality is the CRMs and, and all the automation tools and You know, everybody has a, you know, the new thing is virtual assistants that are automated and and kind of electronic or technology-based. And all of that stuff, all of it is, you know, we're 10 years out before it really transforms how we're doing until it really uh, starts to affect business or the way consumers do business. I mean, right now, um, you know, you still need a person to run a database. You still need a person to um, create relationships and answer questions and and do stuff. But as, you know, Google gets better and, and AI gets better, those things are going to shift over time. Um, we're just, everybody wants it to be now, and it just isn't now. Um, I'll give you an example. We serve You know, there's an iBuyer program that everybody's nervous about in the real estate world where, you know, companies are coming out and buying real estate and they say they're using an algorithm to, you know, identify properties. And that is absolutely true. But a lot of our clients work for those programs, meaning uh, what happened is the algorithm says, check out this house, and then they still have uh, boots on the ground person who goes out to the house and does an analysis and you know, tours it, verifies the value, verifies the condition, and really makes sure that, 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 that there's a return on investment, we are still in a space where a cash-on-cash return is what we're measuring. And an algorithm at this point can identify properties some of the time correctly, but there's still a human, there's still a human piece to it.
0: And a lot of that comes down to inspections of properties and and things like that too, because you can't you can only see so much in pictures and videos and, you know, digital walkthroughs, but some of that can even be deceiving.
1: Well, and here's the thing. There is there's such a local um you know, there's a local piece to real estate and there always will be a local piece. Now, I do think um we're gonna um kind of split the market and I say split the market because you know transactions that are 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 cookie cutter i guess would be an easy way you know if you go to phoenix california or phoenix arizona you know like 90% of their homes were built in the 70s or later so you know they and, and they're all slab and they're all you know stick built with stucco and they all have you know a particular style of roof so in that in, in many of those neighborhoods it's very easy to determine value like it's it's a very simple you know uh, thing, but when you go to places uh, in the rest of the country that it that like I live in a 1927 brick bungalow, um, I own an apartment complex that was built in the 1800s. These kind of properties, you know, you, you there's no way an algorithm is going to be able to compare. You need that boots on the ground person to, you know, really understand the value of that property and. You know because that's the case i i do not see humans going away from the process um for some quite some time so that so that's a good point actually
0: brings me to another part of the the conversation i wanted to have with you today and that's that's on time management and obviously that's that's a big piece of what you do at my out desk um because if you're not getting rid of people uh, or employees or boots on the ground, you still want to make them more efficient, right? And make your business operate more effectively. Um, what are what are some of the the constraints that you're seeing real estate organizations run into when it comes to organizing people's time or, or getting employees to work to the best of their ability?
1: Yeah, I love it. I love that question. And and, and we're not a time management company. We're a talent company. So. Typically, you know, like a property manager or commercial guy or gal will come to us and say, hey, um, you know, we're we're gaining in revenue now. And what I find is I'm wearing a lot of different hats and as a solopreneur kind of making that jump into building a real company where you have employees and people now the world is so connected because of technology. Um, you know, I was, I was talking to our chief people officer last night and she and I FaceTime on my iPad and she had her cell phone. I had my iPad. And to be frank, it, it didn't feel like we weren't in the same room. I mean, we felt like we were right there talking. I could see her expression. We could talk, we could banter back and forth. And that is a reality now for the entire world. And, um, you know, I, I remember doing business without without a cell phone that was, you know, I mean, I had a cell phone, but I could just call people. I couldn't, you know, there wasn't text, there wasn't photos, there wasn't FaceTime, there wasn't email. It was just like a, a flip phone, right? Yeah. And um, now with technology, the world, and we're so global, we're so connected. Um, and so that has opened up an entire talent pool that um that we just haven 't had access to prior, and the fortune five hundred the, the or the the world 's two thousand they've they 've been able to access global talent since the seventies and eighties but now, with you know webex and and zoom and all these go to meetings, all these other programs, you can have conversations with anybody in the world anywhere so our clients come to us and they say, you know what, I'm really busy right now and I'm working 70, 80 hours. I need to I need to spend time at the gym or I need to see my kids and my wife someday or, you know, whatever the case is, some pain about their time is what we solve. And then we do a, a straight up consultation where we walk them through what's their next steps. And. If they were to give away a portion of their day, or if their team were to give away a portion of their, their day, I had um, a, uh, a client and a good friend of mine on our show a couple weeks ago, and, um, you know, he has a large organization, he has 50 um, employees. And he hired four of our people to help with customer service because a lot of the calls that his business were, that, that they were getting were customer service related. Hey, I need this paperwork updated, or I changed my address, or I need to get this document from my file, or can you tell me who my health provider is? He's he's a third-party employer um, for a lot of real estate firms. And so his whole concept around hiring us was, i i need I need somebody to answer the transactional stuff, the easy you know get a get a maintenance person out or can I get a copy of my check or where do I send my bill? you know those questions out of the way so that his internal staff could love on his clients and so that's a big deal um, um that's a big deal for his company, it's a big deal for our company, and that's kind of what we help people do is a blended model where some of the people are in-house in your office and then some are outsourced and, um, and we and we really have helped you know over 5,000 people create that blended model.
0: Sure and, and so outside of, of customer service where else are you seeing that? Um, and if, if you can focus a little bit on the real estate side, what, what are some of the other roles and responsibilities that you're seeing these organizations needing that that extra leveraged help of a virtual or you know outsourced assistant?
1: Yeah, so I I love your question. Look, we're all in, in the revenue game, you, me, everybody. If If you need help driving revenue, that's something that we do. Over half of our clients call us and say, look, I need somebody to answer the phones. I need somebody to call our clients. I need somebody to generate more business by calling our existing clients and asking for repeat or referral or add-on business. So one area that we absolutely serve is just kind of you know, really being a revenue generating kind of person for a business. Um, so that's one area. The other is marketing coordination. Um, every business has to generate leads, um, and those leads need to have the right message sent out. They need to be put into a system. You need to track, you know, client and customer and potential customer kind of interactions. And so we we we, we help people with marketing. Um, I mean, this podcast is a great example, you know, Elle, who is one of our best people in the world, I love this gal. You know, she reached out to you, Nick, and said, hey, we'd love to have Daniel come on your show. And that's how you and I connected. And so, you know, podcasters, marketers, coordination, running marketing automation and systems, that's a huge area for us to really help somebody grow their business.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that, and it's it's interesting, too, because there's there's only so many hours in the day and there's so much of it that and i like i like the fact that you're talking about the consultation aspect too because it's really easy to say i need someone that can answer the phones and direct calls or to say i need someone that can process leads as they come through but we mentioned on a on an earlier podcast probably a couple months ago now that you know the biggest biggest problem at some of these property management organizations is they can't keep up with the leads that come in because they're also handling people that are coming face to face into the leasing office and knowing which ones to prioritize it It makes sense in some instances to prioritize the people walking through the door, but that's not always the case, you know, especially if someone's calling in because they're from out of town, but they're looking to book in the next, you know, week, it, it plays to, you know, stands to reason that you might want to be able to have somebody that can effectively sort through some of that stuff.
1: You know, I was, uh, Nick, this is a great, uh, it's such an interesting timing. I have a friend, he's a Texan and he and I are in a mastermind together and we, we got to travel you know, I think, yeah, we were in Vietnam together, and then we went to Japan together. So, you know, I've I've met this guy, maybe we've been friends for three years, and he's kind of, you know, um, his name is Todd, and he's kind of one of those weird guys. Like, he is just a massive property stud. He literally uh, has half a billion dollars in commercial property that he owns, okay? So, you know, he knows me, we've traveled together, we've had tons of fun. Um, and I know, I, I know his business, I know his brother who's involved. Um, and about six months ago, they called us and said, look, and y- you think about large businesses, small businesses, medium businesses, none of that matters. It's like, who has the pain? Their pain was they had six, they have six different property managers and they've kind of divvied up all these different commercial properties really large we're talking about hundreds of thousands of square feet and they they've got these six different property managers and this one lady who's also a property manager also the bookkeeper also runs the the system that they they have to collect rents and she answers the phones and she's doing all these things and like she she literally is working 60 70 hours and and she's like I my hair has turned gray at this job and You know, one day I want to retire, but I don't I don't feel like I can. I can't go on vacation. I can't do anything. So what we've done for them is we've given them an assistant property manager for every single main property manager who can answer the questions. Hey, my AC broke. What do I do? Well, they'll pull up the lease. Um, you know, verify who actually is responsible for that and then call them back and say, hey, you're responsible or we're responsible. If we're responsible, we're going to send our guy out. If you're responsible, here's three referrals of people that we've worked with and we know and we trust. And so just the simple, uh, what I call directing traffic has given all of his property managers their time back to drive what really matters, which is occupancy. And collecting of the rent, you know, um, when you have almost half a billion dollars of, of of commercial spot space, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in making sure that you're collecting all the rent on time, that the tenants are actually paying for their portion of the expenses, all the kind of different, you know, nuances in that business. So we, I mean, and you know what's wild is in their revenue, it like has no effect to their revenue. And what it does is it says, hey, property manager, I I value your time and I want you to be able to have a vacation without having to worry about the wheels falling off, without having to come back to a disaster. So these folks are, you know, sending out uh, maintenance people. They're grabbing copies of the lease. They're inputting the information in into rent manager, they're, they're, their version of their CRM. They're, you know, connecting with the vendors. They're making sure utilities are turned off and on. They're making sure properties are marketed that are vacant, that are that are actually out there and sent to the brokers so brokers know that a property is available. So, you know, and all of that stuff is, uh, you know, relatively easy for our folks to do. Um, there is a training piece that has to happen, but you know, that's with any new employee.
0: Yeah. I mean that, that would happen, happen anyway, which is interesting. And I, I, you you mentioned this whole traveling thing. So I I'd be remiss if I don't mention this, this mod movement. I'd like to hear you speak about that. Um, Sounds like a pretty kind of fantastic organization that you've put together as, as kind of part of the, my out desk family.
1: Yeah. So here's what we do. We help entrepreneurs find talent, right? And then we, we create committed matches like that property manager. These people are ecstatic and they're like, why didn't we do this 10 years ago? So we, we put really great entrepreneurs together with really great talent in the Philippines. That's our country of organ or origin, and we we make a match and we we create committed matches. But then we also extend the movement. So some of the cool things that we've done just this year, uh, you know, we sent a bunch of low-income folks to summer camp in in you know in. A part of Texas. A good friend of mine runs a a nonprofit where, you know, he takes people that have zero opportunities and they're kids, you know, so they're, these are young kids and they're still in the impressionable kind of state. So he's taking these guys to a two-week summer camp and showing them what being an entrepreneur is, why it's important to go to school, what you can get from college and who should go to college versus who should just not. Um, And so you know, it's a it's a fun place, and it's a summer camp, and he is changing lives. We've had a couple people, a couple hundred people go through that program, and the uh, Mod Movement, our nonprofit charity, has has funded that. We also, um, you know, built a house in Ecuador for a family. We this year. Um, we we're right now building old folks' home in the Philippines where we operate. And what what we how we measure that, which is a cool kind of measurement, is how much time our people invest in the projects. Um, how much money we raise from our clients and the people that are in our in our community, um, and then how many lives we actually impact. And a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the money that we raise goes back into affecting lives. we take absolutely zero money for overhead, um, which is unusual for a nonprofit. Um, everybody donates their time to run this um, nonprofit. And, you know, I'm very, very proud of the work that we do in that. Um, and our clients love that their name can be associated with that kind of impact and positive world change.
0: 100%. And I mean, if if you're looking to employ someone and you're able to not only employ someone from the Philippines, for example, but then also to help affect some change in that same region. Like you're doubling down and, and all by just, you know, getting a service or a business that you were going to purchase one way or the other. Anyway, it's, that's fantastic.
1: Well, yeah. And we have, we have founding members. So when a client signs up, we have the conversation, you know, would you like to, would you like to be involved in this? And we share with them what, some of the work that we do. Um, and again, uh, we're impacting lives and, you know, some of our folks do $50 a month. Some of our folks do a hundred and you'd be amazed at what a hundred bucks can do to impact a kid's lives. I and mean, even in the U S those, those folks that we sent to that, that camp, I mean, there was this, there was a great video with one of the gals. She, she went to the camp seven, eight years ago and because of that, she went to school. She started her own business. She has employees. We're talking about a girl in her early twenties. Mm-hmm. And so when I see that kind of stuff, like my business, our clients, the people who are listening right now, who are even thinking that they might need some talent, you guys could be involved in that. You could actually kind of get a piece of that, that good impact um, in your world. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm completely thrilled with my team and, and the folks that have. Kind of supported that
0: that's a pretty good segue if If people do want more information about my outdesk or even this this mod movement how do how do people get in touch with you? I know you mentioned a podcast, obviously the mod movement's its own thing too and then and my outdesk information how how do we get, they get in touch with
1: you yeah I, I I love that question here Here's the thing. we've been in business for twelve years. We've helped over five thousand entrepreneurs. A lot of property managers, a lot of commercial guys, mortgage guys, residential people. We just want to serve. Like if you have a need and you're listening to this and you're like, gosh, I really need an administrative assistant who can direct traffic or a marketing person or a sales person. My suggestion is text the word SVP. So it's like scale with virtual professionals, SVP to the, the number 31996 and you're going to get a copy of our book. So we, you know, because we've we've helped over 5,000 people, we started to see patterns, and we started to see what works and what doesn't, and so I put my heart and soul into writing this book so that our clients could be successful with our virtual assistants, and also so they can understand what, you know, what really matters versus what um, doesn't matter, and and some of the shortcuts. I mean, We've, we've learned the fastest way to get somebody up to speed, even for, even for physical employees. And we've put those kind of tips and tricks and what we call scale accelerators into the book. Um, so all you have to do is text the word or the letter S V P to three, one, nine, six, it's three, one, nine, nine, six. And you can get a copy of that for free.
0: Excellent. And I will be sure to put that in our show notes. Uh, Daniel, despite all of the uh, technological issues at the beginning of this, I think we have successfully concluded another episode of Building Success and I I thank you so much for your time today.
1: Yeah, man, it's been my pleasure and I I love doing these things and and I love um, helping people grow and scale their business. So if you guys have a need, man, shoot us a text and, and we'll be happy to connect.
0: Excellent. So yeah, if you do want more information. Uh, please do. I'll put this again in the show notes, SVP to 31996 uh, to get Daniel's ebook. Uh, we'll put links up there to the My Outdesk website as well. And um, yeah, thank you so much for your time. And that wraps up another episode of Building Success. And until the next time, we will catch you all later.